0: You're listening to Life Church podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Um, this is a this is a, a two part message on fear. So we began it last week. So I'll catch those of you who weren't here up just briefly with it today as we get started here. Um, but we want to we want to talk about the issues surrounding fear today from the standpoint of uh, looking at ways to overcome fear and then look at, at one particular strong implication that fear has for life church as a corporate body, all right? So we're going we're gonna to just kind of break this down and look at it piece by piece here. Um, last week we talked to you about fear in general and uh, some of the things that happens when we are fearful, uh, some of the breakdown of being fearful, some of the inhibition, the paralyzation that happens when we are fearful about different things and uh, how the enemy can use that and how, can, how he can actually create thought processes that uh, begin to get built inside of our minds and we begin to believe these things and we begin to be sympathetic with the enemy about the things that he is helping us to believe and these create strongholds and these strongholds inhibit us or keep us from doing the things that God would have us to do and the need to break those down. First, we recognize that we have these kinds of belief systems or these strongholds and we have to break them down and overcome them and so today we're going to talk a little bit about some of these things that we can do that will help us to overcome fear in our lives. I was amazed at how many of you commented over the week about the sermon last Sunday, and talked about how that it it was you resonated with so much of the message, and uh, how much you have dealt with fear, uh, along with some other things, and so. Uh, Thank goodness that God sort of understands, uh, not sort of, but He really understands the things that we're going through and the things that we struggle with, and He makes a way for us to uh, come out of some of those places that we get ourselves in or that the enemy traps us in. And so I feel like that's what God is doing. The Holy Spirit is helping us here as a body of believers, both individually and corporately, to come through some things. And that's why we started this series on issues of the heart. Uh, Because we want to be able to help you to grow and to be whole uh, and to be complete in Christ and to allow the Holy Spirit to really use you as a a vessel of honor, a vessel that he can use, utilize, uh, and and we're going to equip you to do this, all right, but that he can utilize Uh, to be effective in winning lost people and uh, establishing the kingdom of God. This is what we're all about. If you're a visitor here, Life Church is built on the premise of being life-giving. That is what our name is all about. We believe that Jesus came to give us life and to give that life abundantly, that there's a full and rich life in Christ and that we need to live out of a spirit of being life-giving, not not living in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but living in the tree of life, not living in a, 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 a system, system that only recognizes things as do's and don'ts and lives very legalistic about everything, but a system that believes that there is a tremendous amount of grace for all of us and that God's love and God's mercy is for all of us at all times and that he wants us to live this abundant life in that context of of, uh, 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 a relationships that are very life-giving and very rich, okay? And so we want to welcome you in today, and we want to tell you today that that we believe that God has something for your life, all right? Uh, He has a plan, and that plan is to give you a hope. It is to prosper you. It is to bless you, all right? And we believe in that. We believe that, that God wants to use you individually, and He wants to use you in a corporate sense to do something significant, so in Life Church, we're not really about people just sitting in the pew or sitting in the chair or sitting on the sofas out in the big room. Okay, we're really about you doing something. We're really about you having an effective uh, ministry of some type. Or, or we're we're about presenting opportunities to you so that you can do something for God. We really believe you have a gift mix, you have a toolbox that God has put inside of you, and you have something to do, and we value that. And so we want to empower that, all right? We want, we want to open you up to the opportunities that, that God has for you to do some things. And that's going to require us to be diligent about equipping you, but it's also going to require you to accept the challenge that is presented to you uh, and pick it up and, and take it and go out there and do something with it. So we're constantly about challenging you, and we're very missional. And if you've been here very many times, you know that Pastor Bill is very missional in his messages. I, I am so, that is, that is who I am. I understand that about myself. I'm way missional, all right? And so I'm always going to be telling you to, to do something, all right? To get involved, to get active in some way. Uh, because I really, really have bought into the Great Commission. And I really, really believe with all of my heart, everything about me, the core of who I am as a pastor is that we make disciples, that, that we as the body of Christ, we are called to make disciples. And that, that is God's intent, and that is God's purpose. So, having said all of that, let's pick up where we left off last week. And I want to talk to you today about some ways to overcome fear, all right? So we've already talked about um, the way out of fear, and that is, of course, God, all right? And we've laid this premise, if you will, that God is our stronghold, all right? And so as Pastor Dave started this series, he talked to you about identifying idols in your life, those things that keep you from focusing on God, those things that keep you from being diligent to engage Jesus, those things that you're using in place of God to comfort you or help you or or take care of you or protect you or whatever, they're all idols, even if they're good things, even if they're noble things, if they're getting between you and Jesus, all right? then they are idols. And we talked about identifying these idols and, and, and casting those down. And then this past Sunday we talked about dismantling these strongholds, if you will, these false beliefs and uh, beginning to believe the truth about what God says, uh, His sovereignty, what He says about you, His lordship over your life, those kinds of things. So today we're going we're gonna to take that a little bit further. Uh, F.B. Meyer A great preacher and a great writer, he said these words. He says, Unbelief puts our circumstances between us and God, but faith puts God between us and our circumstances. So, from this point on in this message, I want you to stand on that platform of faith, all right? I want to hopefully give you some scriptures and some encouragement today that will build your faith. And I believe that faith is a key to overcoming fear in this life. I believe it's absolutely essential that we build our faith and we encourage one another in the faith. And so I want to see us as a body of believers who are coming together and we are encouraging each other and we're challenging each other and we're empowering each other to do the things that God has called us to do. I was reading this last week and there's a gentleman by the name of Janez Rus and um, he was he was quite sympathetic he was quite pro-Nazi before uh, the war and uh, he was very afraid that when the war broke out um, and when the Nazi regime was taken down that he would uh, he would be punished and those, those were the, the terms that he used. He felt like he would be punished because he had taken a pro-Nazi stance prior to the war. Now, he had, had discounted that or disclaimed that, but still, because he had been you know, out there and he had made these statements or whatever these claims and, and was, was obviously pro-Nazi, he was very afraid that there would be retaliation against him um, as time went by. And so he went into hiding at his sister's farmhouse. This man hid for 32 years. One day, his sister went down to a a local village, the village of Ziana, and she bought a lot of bread. She bought more bread than uh, a single woman should need to buy. And uh, so some people who were in the area uh, sniffing around and and trying to find people and and, and stuff um, followed her, and uh, he was... uh, located in hiding in her farm and one of the reporters said you know why did you stay in hiding for so long and he said he was afraid I was afraid of being punished I was afraid that I would receive punishment for my pro-nazi stand but I'm so thankful that you have found me because now I've come out of this hiding and it is so wonderful to to see the world and experience the world again. He lost 32 years of his life. Living and cowering in fear. And this is what I want you to understand. Is that fear is a huge inhibitor. It, it will paralyze people. And it will inhibit people greatly. And so I really believe that this is a tactic of the enemy. This is something that the enemy wants to do. He wants to, to fill you with fear. Create these fears false perceptions and, and these, these, these uh, belief systems that are not accurate or not true in your life and, and paralyze you from being able to do something for God. And so I want to talk to you today about overcoming that. And to do that, I want to start with some benefits of fearing God. All right? We've talked a lot about... about fear and we talked about some of the scriptures that deal with fear but let's talk about some of the scriptures for a moment that deal with fearing God and I want to give you two things that that I thought were really unique about fearing God and there's a lot of scripture if you want to if you want to really get into an understanding of what it means to fear God read David's psalms all right just get in the psalms and start reading them read them out loud we talked about this in, in my life group. One of the, the people in my life group is is uh, studying through the book of Psalms right now and she was one of the ones who did a teaching in our life group uh, this last Friday night. And we talked about this whole thing of, of how David amazingly talks about the greatness of God and the bigness of God and, and fearing God and how it's, a, it, it's so freeing sometimes to just read the scriptures in the, in the Psalms and read them out loud and read them as a prayer unto God. Just Just begin to quote these passages back to God and just hearing them in your own ear is amazing sometimes and the benefit is great for doing that. But I want to take you to Psalm chapter 111 and I want to look at two verses there. Now today I'm going to ask you to use your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, there are some black ones in the back on the rack and um, I would like for you to turn with me in your Bible as we're going through these passages today. Okay, Psalm 111 verse 9, it says, he provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name, just like we sang today. All right? And this this is the beauty. Verse 10 says The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to be wise, you want to have understanding, you want this life to make sense to you. Fear the Lord. Now, the key here is that we understand this word fear just a little bit. And without going into some kind of exegesis about it, let's just talk about it very briefly here. This idea of fear is not one of cowering and being afraid. All right? I want to tell you something about your Heavenly Father. He is not such a Father that He would ever want you to be afraid of Him that you could not go to Him. The Bible tells us that we can come boldly to the throne room of grace. God has made a way for you and I to come in and to feel the freedom and the liberty to come to Him and to cry out to Him as our Heavenly Father. We are His children. We have been adopted through Jesus Christ as our Lord, through the cross and the death and the resurrection. We have this relationship with our Heavenly Father that comes to us through the work of adoption. The Father has adopted you into the kingdom. You have all the rights and the privileges that Jesus has as His only Son. You have them by adoption. Alright? So, we have this relationship with God and we can come to Him. So, you don't have to be afraid of God in that respect. But there's this idea threaded throughout the Scriptures of how we need to respect the greatness and the might and the power and the authority of the Creator God. That we begin to understand the the magnitude of this God. Now, I don't think you and I will ever fully grasp that. Not until we see Him face to face. And then we're going to have eternity to unthread all of that. Alright? Uncover all of that. So we'll be able to praise Him and there'll be enough of Him that, that every day or the praises will be new and fresh because the revelation of Him will be new and fresh. That's how big of a God He is. But I want you and I to understand that, that we are coming to the God who created the heavens and the earth. The God who set every star in place, every planet in place. The God who has designed you and I and who knew us before we were even in the womb of our mothers. This is the God who's written your life, your story, even before the foundations of the world. This is a God who doesn't know time as you and I know it. This is a God who doesn't have the limitations that you and I have. This is a God who who not only can can recall all of past history, but he knows all of the future that is out there ahead of us. And this is the God that loves you. And while you are yet a sinner, he loves you. So much so that he sent his son to die for you. That's an amazing God. But he is also a God who will judge sin. This is a God who will place demands upon us for righteousness and holiness. Who will expect of us that we will love him and follow him faithfully. And yet has made that means for mercy and grace knowing full well that in our humanity we cannot fully do that in and of ourselves. But this is not a God who has come to punish you. He has come to save you. There is punishment for the wicked. But the intent of God is to save you. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. Okay? But I want you to understand that there are some benefits of fearing God. And one of them is that you gain wisdom. You gain understanding as to how to live your life. And how to relate to others. And how to approach Him. And how to have life in Christ. And how to follow and be obedient to Scripture. And how to live in communion and relationship with one another. And how to share the light of the gospel with others. All of these things. We gain the wisdom of God as we grow and as we mature. And as we fear Him. And we honor Him and we reverence Him. Let's move over a little bit to Proverbs chapter 10 verse 27. This is another one that I want to encourage you in, All right. Verse 27 says, the fear of the Lord adds length to life. I kind of like this. I like the idea that that my life is extended by the grace of God. Because in in all honesty, that moves me to depend on Him. (laughs) To understand that. That this wisdom that God gives me and this grace that God has for me and this mercy that is renewed every day for me from God, that keeps me going, that extends my life. And in a very basic way, let us understand that were it not for this grace of God, probably many of us would not even be here today. And I want to challenge you and I that we understand that, that yes, our days are numbered, but we don't number them. That is in God's hands. And so I want us to begin to look at this life under under this grid of the greatness of God. We have a, a limited amount of time on this earth, each and every one of us. But we have a great God who can do unlimited things in us and through us during this time. Someone asked me this week, they said, Pastor Bill, uh, a matter of fact, it's weird. The conversation came up no less than four times this week with me. And I'm, I'm not sure, I, maybe God's trying to talk to me about something, I don't know. Uh, but, but people ask me about retiring, you know, like, when you, are you going to retire soon? <laughs> not really quite sure what this is all about. One said, when you retire, and I was like, well, mm, I don't know about that. But then came the, you know, are you going to retire? retire soon. I'm like, what is this? You know, I don't know about soon because I don't even know about retiring. <laughs> don't worry. The day that I'm ineffective preaching, Pastor Dave gets the, the staff, all right? We pass it on, okay? Um, I'm not going to do something that I'm not supposed to do. But someone else, we were talking this morning about, you know, moving away. And I, 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 can't, I can't even fathom moving away. I, I can't fathom anything but being here, being, being in the now, uh, you know, being a part of what God is doing. I'm so excited about this little church and what God is doing here in this neighborhood and what, what God is trying to say to us. I'm so excited about all of you. I, I love being in relationship with you. I like, I like our life together. I like doing life with all of you. You know, it's, it, it's actually a lot of fun you know, to be able to do that. And, and I, I like what we have here. I like, I like the dynamic that goes on in this church. I like the vision that we have. I like that we're so missional and that, that, that we, we're so diverse and that we want to be even more missional and more diverse and all those kinds of things. I, I like all of that. So I, I don't really want to go anywhere, you know. I just, I just want to be right here. And so it, it excites me that, that my, you know, my next birthday I'll turn 59 years old. And I don't feel like I'm 59 years old. I I hope I I will not ever feel like I'm 59. I hope I'll be 80 and I'll feel like I'm 45 or something. And I don't think I'm all that unrealistic. If I I stay healthy, I think I can have a long life. I I think I, I can do something more for God. And so... This week I've been thinking about this whole thing and I want to encourage all of you. I want to encourage all of us at whatever age we're at, whatever place we are, I think we got a lot in us and a lot ahead of us. Now, here's the here's the, the the downside of that thing. I think it's going to get tough. When we start listening to the news and we read the headlines and we see what's out there and we we start to think about what is going on in the earth realm, not just here in the neighborhood, but in in the earth all around us, there's some crazy stuff out there. And given the right situations, you know, and a a domino effect, some, some tough stuff could happen. And we could feel the brunt of that. But here's what I want you to understand. God has not called us to cower in fear. God has not moved us to back up or to back away. God is calling us to take this mountain, if you will, that He has put before us. So I'm not going to look at myself as being old. I'm not going to look at myself as, as, as being near the end or waning in some way. I'm believing that God is going to stir my heart and my soul. And He's going to sustain me physically. And I and you and we are going to be able to do some amazing things for God in the times ahead. And so I want us to, to understand that, that we have some life that can be extended to us in God. And if we will not fear, but we will walk in confidence, I believe it will take away a lot of those debilitating things like anxiety and worrying and fretting and all those things that cause stress and get people sick. It keeps them from doing the things that they need to do. Jeremiah chapter 17. And I really want to kind of camp on this verse for a little bit here this morning. It says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Blessed. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots in the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I love that. That is so promising. That is so hopeful. That is, there's so much confidence in that particular passage. And that particular passage is one that we've camped on for this year as a church. All right? We've grabbed a hold of that and said, in this year of equipping, as we are being equipped this year, we want to grab a hold of this because we want our roots to go deep. And we've been talking to you and equipping you about going out and, and focusing outward and all that kind of stuff up until this point. And now we're turning it in and we're saying we're going to look at the issues of our lives. We're going to look at our own hearts. We're going, to be, we're going to grow and we're going to be strengthened from within. We're going to deal with some of these things that are problematic to our lives. And so we went after the idols. And now we're dealing with the fear. And I want to tell you today, I believe that God wants to extend the life of Life Church. I believe that God wants to do something significant through this body of believers. And I believe that's going to happen as we lay down these things that have been paralyzing us and hindering us like fear and we begin to let God do what God wants to do. All right. Oh, by the way, there's another verse right after that passage I just read to you in, uh, in Jeremiah. Just, just as kind of a little uh, uh, a bit of tempering here. Let me read it to you. The heart is deceitful. Above all things and beyond cure, who can understand it? You know, sometimes I, c- I can't understand my own heart. It's, it's wicked. All right, I can't, I can't get it. I can't understand it. I can't dissect it, so to speak. But God can. And although, as Paul says, we'll never be perfect in this life, we'll only see dimly as looking at a reflection in a mirror. When we see him, we will be like him. There will come a day that God will heal the hearts of men and women. But until that day, He will help us. He will help us in our humanity. That we will be able to do what He has called us to do. And we don't have to fear. We don't have to worry about when the pressure comes down on us. Our leaves will stay green in the heat of a scorching sun. And so I want to challenge you and I that we live in that place. That place of confidence. That place of hope that is in God. Alright, so given that, let me give you a few things that I think can help you in your battle against fear. Alright, is this making sense to you? You, you kind of understand what, what, what I'm, I'm trying to do here? Alright, uh, several of you talked to me this week, you said, you know, I, I really want to know some of those practical things that I can do to deal with, with fear in my own life. And I appreciate the honesty of several of you who said, you know, some of my greatest fear, Pastor, really is in, in us doing missional things, in us Going out and us, us sharing the gospel and us being, you know, missional as you, as you challenge us, us to, to go. That, that is some of my biggest fear uh, that, I, that I have. And so I want to try to address some of that as we go forward in this message here this morning, okay? Here's the first thing that I want you to, I want you to get this morning, all right? And, and David teaches us this, all right? And that is that by praising the Lord, all right, with our praise praise about his attributes, we are lifted above fear. All right? Now, now here's what I want you to understand. David writes these words. He says, I will extol the Lord at all times. I will praise him. His praise will always be on my lips. All right? Now, I know that you can't literally verbally praise God every second of the day. I, I know that. I get that. You know, I get that for me. I can't do that. But I think what David is saying is that that I have such an attitude of praise. I have such an awareness of the greatness of God that there is an attitude of praise in me. I'm like like a cup that's been topped off. You know, I'm right up there. And so at any given situation, I have the resources within me to praise God. So when something assails me, when something comes against me, the, the immediate response out of the fullness of my own heart is to praise God. You ever been around one of those negative Nancys? You know, I, I used to work with one. I'd, I'd go get the mail at, at our job. You know, I'd bring the mail in. I'd say, here's the mail. She'd go, oh, No. She was so topped off with fear and, and, and with this negativeness about herself that, that immediately what came out, what, what, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, okay? I, this, this that came out of her was this, this, this doom and gloom. Oh, no. Every time. Every time. I came in one day. I was going to try to catch her, you know. I came in one day. I said, I, I, said, uh, I opened your mail. You won the lottery. And she goes... Oh, my God, someone's going to rob me. First thought out of her brain. I'm going to get robbed. Now I got my... Don't worry, I was lying. (laughs) I lied to you. You didn't win the lottery. But, But you see what I'm saying? What are you topped off with? What fills you up? What is inside of your soul? What is, what is down in there turning around inside of you? Is it this is it constant fear and, and this, this unbelief and this doubt and, and this doom and gloom stuff? Or is it the fullness of how great God is and understanding that no matter what comes between me and, and, and Him, He is greater than that and He can pull me through that. And He will pull me to Him because He takes care of me and He loves me. That's how great a God He is. I'm not saying it's not hard sometimes. I'm just saying God is greater than these things. And so if we learn out of, out of, out of the example of David, our experience needs to be of being filled up with praise and being ready to, 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 to move forward no matter what kind of problem comes. He is sovereign. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He's greater than anything that, that comes against us. And greater is He because He's in you than what is in this world and the evil one in this world, all right? Jesus says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Now, you've got to get that from, from the standpoint of, first of all, it is Jesus who is in me, and I am in Christ, all right? Okay, so, we have this relationship, Jesus and you. You have a relationship. Jesus has come And you have received Jesus, all right? So you have the Holy Spirit in you, all right? And you are sealed in Christ. So everything that Christ is about, His authority, His power, His rule, His redemption, His kingdom, you are in it. Now, the declaration that you have is that because Christ is in me, I can do all things. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I've been made an overcomer by the blood of the lamb, the testimony of my own lips, and the fact that I did not love my life even unto death. Do you see what I'm saying? So when you get these things inside of you, and, and, and you know, I, I'm not one of those prosperity kind of people, but I'm telling you there is something about a positive confession there's something about being positive. There's something about looking to the goodness of God and holding on to that. And letting that top you off so that that's what comes out in that moment of need. All right? So, praising God. All right? Praising Him in His attributes. All right? It can lift you out of fear. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. But God, we've, we've used this one last Sunday. God did not give you the spirit of timidity or fear, but of power and of love a sound mind some translations say a self-disciplined mind or self-disciplined life these are the these are the gifts of god for you all right we take we receive timidity and we receive intimidation and we receive fear and we receive doubt so easily as though they've been their gifts given to us no they're self-destructive weapons that the enemy places in our hands To use against ourselves. Another thing. David sought the Lord for solutions to the troubles that he was in. And when he did that, he found deliverance from his fears. This is what David wrote. He says, uh, Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. Not Some of them, not certain ones, not the big ones as opposed to the little ones, but He delivered me from all of my fears. Let me ask you a question. This is just for you to think about. But how many of you take back the things you give to God? (laughs) Oh, me too. Yeah. Good and bad. Noble and, and ignoble. I, you know, God, I'm going to give you this doubt. God, I'm going to give you this fear. God, I'm going to cast this burden. I'm going to roll it off of myself. God, I'm going to give you this thing that I'm struggling with. God, I'm going to give you this sin. (laughs) And we turn. And very shortly, man, we're right back there. We're right back in that place. We're right back in that same struggle that we had before. All right? So I want, to, I want to challenge you, all right, that, that you begin to seek Him. You get connected to Him for the solutions that you need to find in life. Because here's, here's what's going to happen. Pastor Dave and I are going to challenge the socks off of you. And we're going to put things out there that are not going to be comfortable sounding or feeling. I watch you all. I like to watch you when Pastor Dave preaches especially when he starts to mention things like outreach, our life groups, our discipleship. And I watch your faces. And some of you go, "Mm -hmm. you're in agreement. I'm about here up. Because that's where the muscles stop working. And some of you are like, That's fear. What am I going to have to do? Who am I going to have to talk to? What am I going to have to deal with? What is it going to cost me? What's going to be going on when we do that? Who's going to show up? (laughs) What what am I going to be faced with if I get involved? And see, I believe that God wants to give you the solution to that. I don't believe those are questions that you need to bring to me or Pastor Dave. We'll help you. If you bring them, we'll help you. All right? You might not like our help. (laughs) But we will help you. All right? But what we're going to do is we're going to take you to to Jesus. And we're going to ask you, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond I remember hearing the story of one pastor he, he helped get some crazy revivals going in, in the upper midwest and, and uh, in, in kind of in the grain belt you know area. And uh, he went into this little little community and, and little tiny church. And he just was like, this church is dying. This little town is dying. There's nothing left here. People are moving away. They move the school to the next community. And everybody has to be transported over. And, you know, there, there's no store here or anything. We got to all drive somewhere else. And now I have to pastor this church right here. And he, he went before God and he said, God, this church is dead. What in the world could you want me to do with this? And he says, no, sooner than he says this, he hears in his, in his spirit, in his heart, he hears this sentence. Well, if Jesus was there, he would resurrect it. Woo! What would Jesus do? Given the circumstances you are in or you encounter as you reach out and share the gospel and, and, and do the work of the kingdom and be like Christ. What would Christ do? What would Jesus do? And is your life mimicking that? Is your life living that out? Or is fear gripping us to the point that we don't look anything like Jesus? We look like us. Get that connection. Oh, I'm never going to get this sermon done. Let's go on. Um, Another thing. You know, people who try to deny feelings of fear, they, they keep themselves out of touch with an experience of dependence upon God. And, and here's what I want you to understand. When you lean in and confess dependence on God, that will help you as much as anything to overcome fear and anxiety and worry and fretting and these kinds of things. It is not bad to depend on God unless you are the most self-sufficient individual in the world like many of us are. You know, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, okay, but how many of you have already declared, I don't need anybody? I'm good. You ask a guy, especially. I'll give you ladies a break for just a brief moment here, okay? But you ask a guy, you doing all right? Yeah, I'm fine. You sure you're all right? I'm good, man. I'm good. You need anything? I don't need anything. It's the way we are. We don't need anything. And many of us have been taught that. My dad said, I remember my dad sitting me down. He didn't say much to me ever. But one of the things he said, uh, several things he said, but one of the things he said to me was, you need to get to the place in life, kid, that you don't need anybody. Because people will hurt you. And I, I remember feeling the fear. It's like, like you see the cartoons and you see the thermometer because someone's like angry, you know. Or you see the, the caricature and they start turning red and it starts rising up until it pops at the top. I felt that. I felt this like fear just grip me as a little kid. And I'm going, oh no. The world is a dangerous place. That's what I understood. That's what I heard. The world is a dangerous place. I better be careful. I'm the turtle in the shell. Nobody's going to get to me. Nobody's going to get inside of my head or my heart because then they will hurt me. And I live the same way my dad lived for, for some time. You say, well, that, that, doesn't, that, that doesn't really affect you. My dad would come home and he would, he would cl- close all the, the windows and close the curtains and sit in the dark all evening away from everybody and everything. Because he was so, so timid and fearful. I don't, I don't believe that we can be the light on the hill and live like that. I, I don't believe that we can be put on that pedestal and, and give light out if fear is diminishing the brightness of Christ in our lives. And I'm going to challenge you today that you start to depend on God. All right? Isaiah 40, 31. Fear not. <laughs> Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let me tell you what when you start to feel weak, you need to be able to say, hey, there's a God who's got me, He's got my back when Pastor Dave first came on board here, I said some things to him. Um, and some of the things I said to him were to encourage him. And I thought to myself, when he, when he first came, and it was eight years ago, we were talking about this morning, eight years ago, he came, came on board as a, as a young youth pastor. And when I hired him, I was very excited to hire him. And at the same time, I, I felt such heaviness about it because i was like god i know what i went through and i don't want him to go through that and i said to him i'll, I'll have your back i'll take care of you there's one thing that's not going to happen you're not going to fall you're not going to fail i will be there for you and i've tried to keep that promise to him over these eight years and i intend to keep it as long as we are doing ministry together and if i can beyond that But I wanted him to know that I'm there. And here's what I want you to know today. God is there. In your place. In your life. In your struggle. In your need. In your abundance. In your success. In your victory. God is there. And his intent is to help you. His intent is to come in and be strength for you. To hold you up. To to bless you and to help you. Let him know. Confess it is good for your soul to confess that you need Him and that you're dependent on Him because He will replace those fears and those doubts and those unbeliefs with love and confidence and, and power and soundness of mind. Oh. Let me take that a step further. When you feel afraid and fearful in this life, it's time to realize something, and that is your own level of self-reliance. And here's the thing that when we are in in a place of fear that we need to do, and that is confess our sin. You need to be be able to confess sin and to be honest about that sin. My wife and I at one time... Well, our first son, he was two years old. We had bought a house. We'd moved to Sioux Falls. We were trying to do what God had called us to do. We were trying to plant this church here. The church had not started yet. Our son was in fits of terror in the night. He would wake up in the middle of the night screaming. He was having nightmares. It was night after night after night. We weren't getting any sleep. We were having a difficult time. And one night, it started to happen again. And, uh, and we were both exhausted. And I said to Barbara, I said, you know what? We got to pray. This is spiritual. This is not just a little kid with, with some kind of disorder here. This isn't some kind of physiological thing. This is not a neurological thing. This is, this is the devil. <laughs> now, this, is just, this, is, this is the devil. And we've got to do something. So you and I have got to come into agreement and we've got to pray. I said, let's go in his room. And So we went into the bedroom, his little bedroom, and, and he had a little red bunk bed thing and he was on the, on the bottom bunk and we went down and knelt down on the floor by his bed And we were about to start to pray. And it was like God pricked my heart. This is hard for me to say to you. (sighs) God said, Bill Carpenter, you have sin in your life. And before you come and pray to me, you need to get rid of it. And I'm here to take it away, but it is sin. And I'm like, what in the world could this be? And I'm like, God, what? Help me. I'm desperate. I'll do it. You know, God showed me the sin, and I was like, no. I don't want to say that to her. I could feel fear rising up in me. If I tell her that, she'll use it against me. If I tell her that, she won't understand. And he said, you got to do it. I had to take my wife's hands, and I had to look her in the eye, and I had to say, "Barb, I'm really sorry, because in some sense, I've committed some kind of emotional adultery in our marriage. And there was a female that I worked with and I was not sexually attracted to her in any way whatsoever. As a matter of fact, thank God, she was the opposite end of what I would consider attractive in a woman. But, because we worked so closely together, I had begun to share things with her. I had begun to talk to her about my personal life. And she had begun to sympathize with me. And it had reached the point where on one occasion she even said, oh, don't worry, you can talk to me. You don't have to talk to your wife, you just talk to me. And I caught it. I, I, it the, the Holy Spirit checked me and I flagged it right there and I went, oh, oh, we have a problem. And I ended the relationship with this person on that level. I couldn't end it from the career standpoint at the time, but I ended it otherwise. And I left it and I, I, I went away. We left, we moved away, we moved to to Sioux Falls. We started the church. Everything's going great. Now my son's having problems. And God says, You got a sin issue that I want to deal with. And I'm I'm finding that I have to make a confession to my wife and tell her this. And she looked at me and said, I forgive you. I kind of knew it. I, I sort of figured that out. Let's pray. She graced me and loved me and showed me compassion and forgiveness. Got along beside me. We prayed for our son. God knows my heart. I didn't know what to expect. And I had doubt. And I had unbelief. But I confessed my sin. My wife forgave me. We prayed for our son. And he never had a nightmare from that day forward. I don't understand all of that but I know that I had to be dependent upon God and I had to obey God and I had to confess my sin and I want to challenge you in the same respect. See, fear has to do with punishment. <laughs> That's according to Scripture. And we've got to realize that God is not here to punish us. He's here to forgive us and to set us free and to cover us and to let us become the children of God that we are supposed to be. Can I preach three Sundays about fear? Are you okay with that? (sighs) There is nothing that God wants more than to be intimate with you. But I want you to understand something about this intimacy of God. It's not some surpy, uh, covert, secret little thing that you and God get to do. God wants you to come in and He wants you to open yourself up and be real. And He wants to be real in your life. And if you and I have anything that we have not put on that altar, I'm sorry, but I have to go here with you guys today. I just, this is, I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something here. I'm not asking you, don't worry. Don't let fear rob you of hearing, I'm sorry. Don't let fear rob you of hearing what, what I'm about to say to you. The only reason I would never want to confess anything to my wife is the fear that she would not love me. There is no person that I want to please more than my wife. And if I feel like that my wife is out of sorts with me, I'm out of sorts. If there's there's something between the two of us, it bothers me until it's, it's taken care of. And I believe that God has created us in such a way that he wants that level of intimacy as well. And if we're out of sorts with God, if there is something that is not right with God, something out of sorts with him that needs to be taken care of, I believe it creates in us an angst. It creates in us anxiety. All right? It messes with us. And if we do the opposite of disclosure and confession with God and we do the same thing we do with our spouses and with our friendships and relationships and we cover it and we cover it and it becomes some kind of secret. Then that gets between us and that individual and that will get between us and God. Now, the thing about God is that God already knows He has the ability to know regardless of how much you keep it secret. And I'm not going to ask you to put your dirty laundry out in front of everybody here today. But if you have a fear of being found out, if you have a fear of being punished, if you have a fear of being caught, if you have a fear of being rejected because of exposure, If these things are going on inside of your soul, it is messing with your relationship with God. And I believe that the Holy Spirit quickened me a moment ago to challenge us that we put some things on the altar today. They may just be feelings, they just may be thoughts, but they're secret thoughts. They're the things that we entertain when no one else is around, or they may be activities or actions, they may be something from the past. And you've just never really reconciled it with God. You've just never really given it to God. I'm going to give the gospel call this morning, okay? God loves you so much that he gave his son for you. And there's nothing more. I have a whole list of scriptures and I have an exercise for you to do and we'll do it next week about just hearing how much God wants people saved. And if I did like a check of the house as they say down south, I would find that most of you are truly saved. You know Jesus as your personal Savior. And I rejoice in that. But if you don't know Him today, that's the starting place. That's the place to begin because that is what God has done is given His life through His Son Jesus to forgive you of your sins so that you may know Him and be free of that guilt and condemnation and shame, okay? So I want you to come and, 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 and have that prayer and have that ministry time and, and find salvation if that is what you need. But I want to talk to the rest of you for just a minute. And I want to ask you to do something with me today. If there's anything that is between you and God. It needs to be moved out of the way. Otherwise, the enemy will use it against you. He will keep you from that level of intimacy that will allow you to experience the fullness of God's love because you will always be afraid of being punished or being caught or being found out. Some kind of disclosure that would wreck everything. So I want to ask you this morning that you let the Holy Spirit search you because I believe the Holy Spirit is doing a work here. Here's what I'd like for you to do. If you need to have Jesus as your personal Savior, I want you to talk to Pastor Dave or me. But if you're willing to let God search your heart and you're willing to let Him get in and, and deal with anything that's down in there and show you what it is, and you're willing to give it to Him today, I want you to come and stand with me down front here, just as, as an act of, of obedience and symbolism to being open to the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do. I would like for you to come. If you feel that there's anything that you need to, to take care of, or you just want to be open to the Holy Spirit's introspection right now, I want you to come because I want to pray for you. And I want us to lay those things on the altar this morning. I don't do this very often, but when I feel like this is something God wants, I can't ignore it. I can't leave here and not ask you to do this. So I'm asking you right now, would you get up out of your seat if you feel this way and would you come and would you join me? I'm standing here out of obedience to God asking him to search my heart sacred moment. It's a holy moment. This is just between you and God. Just do whatever God asks of you to do. But right now, I really believe that God wants to take away anything that is hindering the freedom that you need to serve Him. So let me pray for you. And then I'm just going to Pause for a moment so that the Holy Spirit can speak to you and you can have a moment to pray yourself, all right? And maybe you're sitting in the seat and, and you want to participate, you go ahead. You can do that in your seat as well, okay? Father, I just, I'm just i coming to you with, with an open heart. God, I love these people so much. And I only want for them the greatest level of joy and peace that they can experience. But I know that there are times, God, when by your Spirit, you require us to look at things we don't want to look at, deal with things that are not comfortable. Maybe even pull up something that we hid a long time ago. But I'm just simply asking you, God, that you do a work here through the power of the Holy Spirit right now. And that you open every heart in this room. And that you give us the courage and the faith to lay everything at the foot of the cross. Jesus, I'm so thankful that there is no sin so big that you didn't die for it. (laughs) I'm so thankful that your intent for us is such good that you would die on the cross, that we might be free. Your word says, whom the Son sets free. is free indeed. So I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you come into this room in some powerful way and search our hearts. Search right now, Holy Spirit. Show us anything that we need to do. What needs to be laid down? What needs to be confessed? What needs to be forgiven and forgotten? Where does some kind of restitution need to happen? Or does restoration need to come? God, do it in Jesus' name. So be it, Father, in the power of the Spirit. And under the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, seal this work, this day. Mark it in the hearts and the minds of your believers that they may walk from here today in newness of life and in the fullness of your spirit for your glory and your honor. I ask you to use every person in this room And in doing so, I ask you to fill them with boldness and with confidence and with love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for responding to the Holy Spirit. Thank you for letting God do works in your heart that are deep and eternal. Have a great week. Uh, Pastor David and I love you. We love you dearly. We love being your pastors. Enjoy the week. Amen. Be blessed.